0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldring.
1: And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory.
0: And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Good evening, guys. Welcome back to another Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode. And today, me and Sammy Boy are delighted to say we're joined by Deputy Head Teacher, podcaster and author, Phil Naylor. From Dana's Natters Podcast. Phil, how are you, mate?
2: Um, good, thanks, Matt. And you?
0: Yeah, good to have you on. Like I say, me and the, we connected on Twitter recently. Um, and obviously me and Sam, new to the podcast game. Uh, you've been doing it a bit longer than us, and we've been we've listened to a few of the podcasts, much more professional, much much more interested than in ours. But we've you know, we need to get some experience on and, and uh, share some tips and share some stories from you. So yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on today, mate.
2: No, no problem. And don't, don't be started with a false modesty either. We, we've had yours on in the car, literally on the drive across. So as we're recording this, whatever day it is, 29th check's Watch. And we've had this <laughs> in the car and, and, and my kids were like, oh, thank goodness. They've actually put something on with a bit of life on because we're sick of listening to you, Dad. So there you go. High praise indeed for just yeah. for your, yours too's uh, Boxing Day podcast. Uh, so well, you're very accomplished. That.
0: Well, we will take, take that from you, Phil. Definitely. We'll definitely take that. I think me and Sam's parents probably get the same, to be fair. I try and let them. I yeah. try and let them listen to ours, and they're just like, nope, <laughs> I don't want to listen to your mm-hmm. voice anymore.
1: <laughs> before the before before we even gets to midday, my dad's had enough for me, so there's no chance he's listening to podcasts. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, exactly. It don't, it, once is bad enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we get you know crack on to, into the interview and into the chat, uh, if anyone wants to follow Phil, it's at uh, pna1977 on Twitter, and like I say, if you want to get uh, get following his podcast, uh, Nailers Natter. Like I say, available on Apple and Spotify. Much higher up the charts than ours, but um, yeah, you know, like I say, Phil was connected last week, and it was uh, just great, to, great to catch up and great to great to chat to yourself because I know you've got plenty of stories, and we can go off tangent about all sorts, which we're going to dive into. But just for for the listeners who aren't aware of you are Phil, just um, sort of introduce yourself to to the podcast and to the listeners.
1: I don't think he well, actually needs to introduce himself. I think he needs to say, like, what what he actually hasn't done. Because, I mean, when you introduced <laughs> him, books, deputy head and a podcast, that's pretty pretty mad, to be honest no, with you. That
0: is, it's elite. That's the elite that is, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it would be if it, was, if it was true, Sam, but I haven't done the book yet, have I? So, I mean, you can't actually uh, say you're an author. I suppose I've done a few a few pieces i haven't done the book yet but we're going to come to that that's going to be uh, your exclusive isn't it Where you're going to get look? that exclusive i mean uh, i'm sure that people aren't waiting for that exclusive but that that's that's going to be coming up later on why wouldn't um, they be don't waiting worry for? why would yeah. they yeah Can we'll plug, plug, it, plug it, don't it away worry. mate <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, I'll do. I'll do a brief introduction. But before that, did you say there was a chart? By the way, much further up the charts. Tell, tell us more about this. What what chart? What's this? I well, need the to know a, about the, it.
0: the Apple charts. is an Apple podcast chart, and yours is normally way up there than ours. Ours was in there for a bit, and then we dropped out because we just got lazy. <laughs> uh, we found out, mate. We've been yeah, found we out. Have... We're all about the clout. Yeah. Phil doesn't think... even know about the charts. <laughs> yeah, Phil doesn't know about the charts, and he's living in there rent free. <laughs>
2: Uh, as soon as we finish this I'm going I'm going to have a quick look at that once you
0: start once you start looking Phil that you never stop looking trust me dangerous game dangerous game
2: Right okay well I'll do a quick introduction then so um, you know not to bore people too much but I've been around for a long time now so I think I'm going into 2021 is 21 years uh, in, in teaching now. I said this um, to you both last week when we talked about doing the podcast I wasn't always I'm not one of these people who was always going to be a teacher and everyone always starts particularly on my podcast they, they say you know I always wanted to be a teacher from a young age and I was teaching my teddies and you know I was doing it on a, on a blackboard. and <laughs> I had no intention of being a teacher. I don't know any teachers um, you know, none of my family have been teachers or anything like that. So it wasn't something that was destined to be the case. And as I said to you last week, you know, I actually tried um, and kind of succeeded uh, working in football. That was my uh, kind of route into education, if you like. So I did um, sort of, I worked in a place called, it's, it's now defunct, the JJB Soccer Dome in Wigan, which was uh, a new building ne- next, to, next to Wigan Athletics uh, yeah. football ground. But this is still <laughs> just, about, just about own, but we won't get into that. Um, and I started coaching there and then, uh, you know, one of the coaches there um, saw me coaching and said, you know, would you fancy coming down and, and coaching at the Centre of Excellence? So I went down for a trial there, thinking that I'd get a trial of doing the coaching. But good old uh, Dave Crompton, who I'm, you know, was my formative kind of influence in football, he said, yeah, go and play left back in the youth team um, and let's see if you're any good. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, I managed to get, get myself a job from there. So, yeah, I worked in Centre of Excellence's Academy. So I worked at Blackburn, worked at Burnley. I've been backwards and forwards in football for quite a long time. And through that, it was the, <laughs> this is going back some time, isn't it? This was a Labour government. So we are going back a long time when it was, um, you know, tra- trained to teach and get paid to do it. So I thought, well, OK, I can give it a go because I had a biology degree. I've been to university. I thought, well, you know, I can give it a go. Go and go and do PE teaching. But PE teaching was full. I couldn't get into P, to being a PE teacher because there was too many people on the course. So I went and did science instead. So I did biology um, and started off, you know, coaching football in the evenings, teaching by day. And I've kind of run parallel careers until kids came along. And then it was, you know, trying to do both was not easy while you've got, while you've got young kids. And now, as I said to you last week, again, I, I get battered by child one who now, you know, <laughs> lambasts me for why I gave up, you know, coaching football for the less glamorous, in his eyes, not, not obviously the listeners wouldn't agree, career of, uh, of, of being a deputy head in a secondary school. So that's kind of a whistle-stop tour for the teaching career.
1: I think one of the points that you, that you said right at the start about your introduction, which is really interesting and res- resonates with me quite a bit, is that um, you said you never really wanted to be a teacher and you didn't really... Uh, see yourself in education it came about through you football coaching and it's it's kind of similar to both me and Matt in a way and that that's sort of how we fell into loving teaching and education through the sports route or through football coaching and well for me personally as well I mean I, yeah I don't think my teachers like to know me to be fair because yeah I was a bit, a bit of a nightmare so me doing this and becoming becoming a teacher is probably something that they yeah that they would never, ever, ever expected. And it's the same with me as well. So I I feel that's really interesting because as well, it just proves as well, there isn't this stereotype around teachers. There's so many different ways and avenues to get into teaching and there's different motivations and different backgrounds for people to wanting to become a uh, teacher, which is why it should be unique and why people's backgrounds and their motivations for teaching should be celebrated within the classroom
2: yeah definitely definitely I mean there's so much in that I mean there's, there's obviously you know we don't, don't want to go into sort of people's backgrounds and family histories and things like that but you know a lot of my family wouldn't have necessarily been you know highly educated perhaps or have gone into situations where they could have gone to university my dad was probably the first person who'd been to university that he'd paid for himself in a night school and then gone on to do the open university to get a degree so it wasn't something that they'd had the chance to do, you know, coming from a council out in Wigan, it wasn't the thing that people would necessarily have done. So I've had the opportunity to do that. But like I said, and also about people who've come through a sporting route, there's so many skills within sports coaching that are transferable to education. And there's, you know, the relationships with people, the ability to to work with large groups. There's so many different skills in that that that, that, that translate really well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people in the, in the same boat, Sam.
0: That's, yeah, yeah. Well, we're both the I same. I was, I was less less of a coach, but I played played for a number of years, and um, I think there was coaching sort of on the side with the junior teams and things. And yeah, I think you like you say this, the skills part is so obvious when you're when you're part of that that coaching setup, you can see the transferable skills yourself. But I think for people on the out like outside of it, they'll probably be looking at it like, you know, what are these skills that we're talking about? But as you've mentioned, you know. Dealing with multiple people, um, dealing with different ages—you know, plan, planning, planning, structured, developing lessons, etc. All these things, like transferable skills, which at the time when you're sort of 21, 22 years old, like I was, just playing football and just chilling—that was—you didn't really think of it. But now I'm 29 and sacked off football, and now I'm a teacher. That's—I'm uh, <laughs> looking back, thinking, "Oh, thank God, I uh, decided to coach kids for for a couple of years."
2: <laughs>
0: you're a teacher.
1: You're not—you've not made it yet,
0: mate i'm basically now i'm basically there now i've got a, po- <laughs> got a podcast and i'm you know i've completed one phase one placement so i've may as well be you're teacher.
1: you're one <laughs> of these people who's gone he's gone traveling he's come back thinking oh you know what i want to do i want to become a teacher because it's easy that, it is that, that, that. that's it i just need that oh, hol- i just need that holiday <laughs> period that's it
0: <laughs> you've caught me out sam don't worry we'll edit we'll edit that bit out for the body so my uh, future employers don't hear that one
1: <laughs> i feel like as well um Obviously Matt touched on at the start of the podcast about what, what you've done and achieved um, yeah throughout your time in education, Phil. And obviously out of everything that you've done within education so far, what has been your preferred role? Because obviously you would have had to start as a teacher, you've been an assistant, and obviously now you're you're a deputy, or even, for example, some of the research routes that you've done, within within that, yeah, what, what is your
2: preferred role or what, what's been your, your favorite so far? It's a great question. And like you said, there's been a lot of different roles. Um, if I kind of preface this by saying this was probably the first role that I got into. So when I started off, year like I said, 21 years ago, went down the kind of department route, ended up being second in science, did that sort of thing. But um, a, a vacancy came up as a maternity cover to be head of year. Now, uh, the, for, 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 listeners, for listeners benefit here, uh, both Matt and Sam have got the videos on. Because you know they've got faces that could transfer across all media platforms, you know, smoothly. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be an issue for them. I'm strictly audio only, and I've always looked older than I am. So even at 24, when I started off, so I probably got ahead of you when I was 25, 26. The kids and the staff already thought I was about 45. So actually, you know, (laughs) going going bald at the age of 14 um, did help considerably in getting positions of authority beyond your years at a relatively early age. So um, in a roundabout answer to your question, Sam, is I think it's the head of year was always my favourite position to have. And I did that oh. for, for many, many years, which has kind of taken me into the route now, where you know part of my job as being deputy and I do behaviour and safeguarding and that that side of things is overseeing and looking after and and hopefully helping the heads of year that we that we've got at school that we've recently appointed because heads of year have had a kind of uh, what's the right word for this a, a mixed few years you know we went down the roads of heads of year were quite important and integral to the run of a school then it was more well let's get heads of year to do everything not just behavior and all that let's get them to do academic progress let's get them to be progress leaders or achievement coordinator whatever it was going to be and then we've gone back to kind of a dare i say an old school version of heads of years so that was definitely my favourite role you know that idea of getting a team of of people together having kind of a shared vision for what you want to do with your year group and you know becoming that kind of shared reality that we're in this together kind of approach and actually uh, you know again you can't see this because I'm on video but next to me in in the room here is a signed Wigan Athletic Football shirt of the first year they got in the Premier League so it's 2005-2006 that the the year 11 put their own money in together um, I've got it engraved up there. So we're all in it together. It says at the bottom, 2005, 2006, big sign shirt up there. So without a doubt, Head of Year was my favourite show. And
1: it's interesting as well that you've spoken about um, some of the the challenges and, and difficulties that, that come along with that role. And you said about uh, actually, as a Head of Year, you actually having to do everything. And obviously the next question I'm going to ask seems pretty obvious given what's going around now. And it's about what, what has been your main challenges over your time in education and how have you overcome this now obviously within a global pandemic this is just unprecedented and it's thrown up loads and loads of challenges which I don't think anyone ever expected so you can have a COVID related answer and maybe something that's not COVID related as well in terms of what you found challenging
2: Right. Well, what I always found challenging at the start, um, it, it was actually my subject knowledge and, dare I say, being taken seriously as a oh, wow. science teacher within, you know, what was. And it's, it's a school that doesn't exist anymore. And I love the time there. But it was a very high performing academic school. And to come in as somebody who, as I said you know, at the beginning, possibly wouldn't have been traditionally down the route of becoming a teacher and then being into a school i mean this this school had like 81 percent, you know in old money a to c english and maths i mean it was you know really really high achieving wow. school and to go, on, to go and teach biology in a school like that and to be taken seriously with a subject knowledge which you know by my own admission was probably lacking at the time was was probably one of the biggest challenges and i don't know if this is related to the sports and that we talked about before but i've always kind of priding myself on having good relationships, being good at, you know, hopefully at behaviour and diffusing situations. I think that does come out of your sporting Mm. background. And Matt was talking about it before, you know, about coaching kids football and summer camps and things like that. You've got to be able to get on with and manage the group that's in front of you because they're paying to be there. You can't say after 15, 20 minutes of, you know, somebody keeps kicking you, you're going to say, right, that's you, you off, you go off, you go, you need to go, you've got to stay in that room or do this. And, you know, those relationships and that behavior side of things pigeonholed me perhaps into being the teacher that takes the tricky group. So if it's year nine, set four, yeah, we knew who's going to be taking those. If it's year 11, set five, we knew he's going to be taking those because it's the, it's the biggest backhanded compliment. And and my struggle in early years and, and probably through to the middle of career was being taken seriously as a science teacher. And, you know, I like to think I've got improved the subject knowledge and, and had the ability to be able to do that but because you were seeing where your strengths were in other areas it was difficult to be given that top set group that group that was pushing for the A stars as it was so I think that was probably the uh, initial challenge in the career and if you want a COVID one I mean I, I'd say it's brought the, the absolute best out of the profession I mean I am I know I keep talking about not being necessarily wanted to be a teacher but I'm so proud to be a teacher at the moment you know, what, what everybody up in the up and in the country is doing, putting themselves in, in, in front of, you know, challenging situations day in and day out and, and not moan about it, not complaining about it, getting on. I mean, I'm very fortunate and, and obviously you've had experience of being in schools now, to work with a brilliant team, to with brilliant staff and the kids have been amazing as well. So grateful to be in school. They have loved school like they've never loved school before, you know, since we've been able to, to reopen. So I, I'm not, I know there's been challenges, but let's focus on the positives of that. Really fortunate to work with an incredible team of people and the teamwork and camaraderie, you know, has really, you know, everyone has risen to that challenge and continues to do that every day.
0: You've actually sort of touched on a few points that we've, we've spoken about over a lot of episodes. Because I think me and Sam, we said on our last episode, we spoke about our phase one placement that we were just so grateful to be going into work Monday to Friday and going into school um, and you know it really made us feel like just like uh, it was so nice to have a job and have like a purpose of going to school over that lockdown period particularly that second lockdown period and again you were talking about um, the subject knowledge part is something that me and Sam have obviously come slightly different situation you know, we're teaching year one phonics or year four history whatever and you're teaching year 11 biology so again the level of Academic intelligence is probably slightly different, but the the principle is the same. Like for us, you know, we we've spoken about, particularly in English, like we've been in year four and year six, and for us, you know, getting our grammatical knowledge absolutely spot on when we're teaching children how to write is something that we we've said, you know, openly that that's something we'll probably need to continually develop over the over the year and over the you know moving forward over the years because you can always learn so much more about the subject knowledge. Whereas the skills, like you were talking about, you know, being able to diffuse situations and build them relationships, I think are a lot of them skills are developed naturally in like personality.
2: I think firstly I spent a lot of time in the last couple of years um, with it in primary schools and, and one phrase that continues to bug me is you know when year sevens come up to secondary school and they say don't do that you're not in primary anymore And I just think have you any idea how difficult and, you know, know the levels that you work with within primary school so you know full admiration to you both for that it's not more difficult to teach year 11 biology because that's all you're teaching you've got the experts across the, the broad and balanced curriculum of everything that's going on in there and like you said I mean my son's just gone into year seven the the grammar working in in year six and i haven't got a clue you know even the math even the maths i mean (laughs) my daughter's my my daughter's in year three and you know the long sort of multiplication and division and the way that that they do that now you know your subject knowledge will have to be a lot broader and more balanced than than teaching gcse biology for example
1: to be honest with you phil i'm buzzing about my next placement in year two because yeah My spoken language is definitely going to improve because I'll be breaking down it, decoding the words of phonics and stuff. I'm buzzing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not surprised at that. I'll be buzzing as well if I were you.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, No, but it's true. It's not, maybe not, maybe not more difficult or less difficult, but it's just different skill set, isn't it? It's a different skill set entirely. Like you say, it's, you're obviously teaching biology and science so naturally you're going to be focusing on that that subject whereas you know primary we are we are across the board so it's just recognizing that different skill set but yeah it is it is challenging subject knowledge is challenging and me and sam are experiencing that even in our first placement so no doubt to the next one and follow on from that we'll, we'll continue to, to to struggle i'm sure in some subjects you wait till i get to like music and things like that i'll be in all sorts of trouble <laughs> um so, you're deputy head teacher now. Obviously, you've talked about the mentorship role um, that you've kind of taken on to the head of years now as you're reflecting on maybe your experiences and how much you enjoyed that role and you, you kind of see yourself as a mentor and then now as a deputy head. You've also got the podcast along the side alongside of juggling all these bits and pieces around you've you've set up this successful podcast really great listen if you haven't listened to it yet would highly recommend uh, heading over and and listen to a few of them episodes because they are brilliant i know you, you told us a great story before but where did it come from the podcast where did the idea come from and and how did the jingle come about more importantly <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that's the best story i mean that that is the best we'll, we'll, we'll come to that one in a second so in terms of how did it start um so i was seconded from an assistant head teacher job at the previous school um to work between the EF doing a research school so blackpool research school was based at the previous school that i worked at before and worked with the teacher development trust on a cpd hub and one of our jobs was to put on the research head conferences now i don't know if you two are across kind of research head as a movement and a brand so have you heard you've heard of research ed
0: i mean i don't know if we've heard it directly lot is it like a is it a national thing or is it university specific or or what, what is it? um
2: so it's it was kind of i mean obviously in the days when you could do face-to-face conferences research ed um this is tom bennett's kind of brainchild tom bennett who i'll mention later when we talk about books yeah. he's putting on trying to to share evidence and research-based practice across the country. So they do as massive events up and down the country and across the world with kind of you know guest speakers talking about research and evidence. So we were we were fortunate that the head teacher of the previous school is quite a prominent blogger, Stephen Tierney, who I've had as a guest on the podcast as well a couple of times. And he managed to secure a booking for research at Blackpool a few years ago and said, right, we need to get some speakers to come there. So we opened his contacts book, you know, a little black book of uh, contacts. We, we, neither me or Simon Cox, who was the research school director, had any contacts that, that were outside of our own staff room. So we were struggling to get anybody to kind of say, well, let's get some, some big name people to come and speak at this. So he said, well, you know, podcasts seem to be the thing that people are doing. And, and my favourite at the time was, and I give him a shout out every week. And, you know, I'm like a crazed fan for Craig Barton. Whenever I see him, you know, he comes to our conferences. And, you know, I, he came and had dinner with us before Research at Blackpool the first time. And I was like a like little shy fan standing in the corner. Like, oh, look, there's Craig Barton. You know, he's podcast podcaster. I've been listening to whilst, uh, you know, wheezing, running around, the, the, you know, in Blackpool here. Anyway, so I said, well, let's give a podcast a go. Now, not as slick as you two are already. I mean, you're only a few episodes in, and it's you know, it's, it's you've got all the gear. Listeners again can't see this, but you know, Matt's obviously uh, gone. You said he's gone it. to his paradise, so it's fair enough. He hasn't got a good setup today. But Sam, <laughs> it, it, it looks like Howard Stern. That's one for the older listeners, by the way. It'll <laughs> know it. that. You know, he's got he's all his rig and his gear and his setup there. It's it's all great. Now, we don't have any of that. So I said, well, we'll put a podcast together and hopefully we can get a few guests on. And then when we got them on the air, we'll kind of trap them into saying, I'll come and speak at Research Head Blackpool. So we managed to fix up a couple of episodes with people that wants to come on. But this is the, the, the killer bit of it. So both Simon Cox and Stephen T and they both said, uh, are you sure that we should call it the Blackpool Research School podcast? Because. If it's not very good, we kind of don't want it to be associated with our brand, you know, kind of dragging (laughs) us down with the poor quality. So I said, right, well, okay, I'll kind of nail my colours to the mask here. I'll stick my name on it. And, you know, being a fan of kind of alliteration, if I've got that right, you two are much better on the grammar than me. I thought I'll go for the... That's uh, debatable.
0: That's definitely debatable at the moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll go for the Nailers Natter, which, you know, again, it's called Nailers Natter, but everybody calls it Nailers Natter's... But i never correct them i just think fine okay (laughs) because it was only ever in our mind going to be one or two episodes so i thought well it's not worth kind of getting a a brand going here it's just going to fizzle out so we put it together and again on the technology front it was literally me on a phone speaking into the loudspeaker and recording it on um on the ipad that school had given me a propped up it kind of got better as it went through. It went to Skype, but obviously now with all of the technology and Zoom and Teams and all that, it's obviously got slightly better. But I've, I've had I've had more complaints about the sound quality than you can believe. I mean, the, the number Zoom, of reviews that Zoom I've had... Zoom is a game changer. Zoom is a game changer, oh, to be fair. It is, but I mean, I used to put it together on GarageBand, which I still do, but now I run it through Audacity and kind of level it out a little bit and try and make yeah. it sound a bit better. But the number of complaints I had in the early days, you know, great content, but shocking sound quality, you know, where does he get this from? I was thinking, oh, blimey. You know, it's not, it's not Abbey, Road, Abbey Road Studios, this. It's not like George <laughs> Martin's at the helm. Um, so anyway, the jingle. So the, the jingle, I just put on... Um, So Benjamin Barker, who uh, ran a podcast called Team Science Podcast, and I don't know why he doesn't do that anymore because he was brilliant. His podcasts were better than anything. I mean, he he was so good. I think he's got quite busy at work. Anyway, he said, try Fiverr. So I put in this jingle, I had some lyrics together. Anyway, this guy in America, obviously snapped it, snapped it up as a, as a kind of startup business, charged me 17 quid for the jingle. And oh my goodness, have we had our every single penny's worth of that 17 quid. Oh, because that, that has jingle. been playing up and it, what a jingle. But he's got big time. I said to you last week, he has now <laughs> got big time. So I've gone back to him and said, could I have? Because I wanted a rocked up version of it now for the, for the kind of new series. I wanted sort of a Ramon style punk version of that he said yeah that's fine no problem but it'll be like 250 quid it's like inflation (laughs) so whether he's uh, started listening to the podcast or not I don't know so I'm kind of guarding the original uh, podcast jingle and keeping that but yeah that was our kind of uh, origin so it was a very lowly podcast to start off with but we had this idea of it being every single week yeah, And we just kept, you know, my kind of character, <laughs> boring as it may be, is very consistent. And if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it every single week. And there's been a few times you've probably had the same thing. I know I, I listened to your Boxing Day one where, you know, you've got a guest lined up or they don't turn up. And you've got to have kind of one in the bank ready to go just in case. And you're scrambling around on a Tuesday night trying to find you know an episode. And we've done a few things like, like you did on Boxing Day. You know, me and Simon Cox did a couple of episodes together. Just to kind of keep the consistency going, but it's kind of got a bit of momentum. It's got a bit of a roll, and uh, people seem to like it, so we're we, we keeping going.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's a great podcast to listen to, and it's going on, yeah. on. No, no, Sorry.
1: carry on. As I said, it's just it's just funny about um, what Phil was saying about like his setup for, for the podcast. I mean, actually, before Zoom, obviously, like when the tears weren't. What, what they were I mean me and Matt to be fair the struggles we had like with the setup and everything like that I mean we were under like duvets and <laughs> uh, it was shit it was just it was just mayhem and to be to be fair when the idea came about I mean it took us about two three months to actually put it out I mean I was at I was at Matt like every day saying can we just literally just get it out and Matt to be fair to him was like no no because the, the quality will be shocking I mean and Probably yeah it was- would have been really poor to be fair
0: probably one of the few sensible suggestions i've made <laughs> but not many of them as a few but do you remember do you remember the night like, i think it was the day before we were supposed to um release the first episode and i was playing it back you know and you've you've listened to it a few times and he you... anyway I spoke to sam and um my missus about the jingle like the, you know the beginning bit they're like oh, oh, yeah. where, 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 they like oh where'd you get it from i was like oh just took it off YouTube. YouTube videos, like that. And they were like, "You can't do that." And I was like, "What do you mean you can't do that?" They were like, "You can't do that. That's someone else's work." I was just like, "All oh, right." So, and so scrambling around a few hours before it was supposed to go live, trying to find uh, like a free, a free area to kind of get a jeep g- like our little beginning jingle. And I was just like, "All oh, right." I had absolutely no idea. So yeah, that's why our jingle is. Is so inferior to your to your jingle because we didn't pay 17 quid for it that's why
1: <laughs> i mean to be fair that, that that would have been quite a start i mean first episode out we've been slapped with a huge huge yeah. fine, and not even like been owning the podcast someone else would have been owning the podcast instead because yeah. of the music <laughs> yeah, co- copyright cheers <laughs> right so we've spoken about your the, the birth of the the podcast and I don't know what's more famous to be fair, the, the podcast or the jingle and given by w- w- what you're saying that the jingle might be, might be more popular to be fair. So that's <laughs> quite, that's, that's quite something. But um, in regards to yourself and what you've achieved on the podcast, I mean, you've had some really, really interesting uh, guests on you had the UK happiness ambassador and you've had Tom Bennett on obviously. What was your most favorite or most enjoyable episode that, that, that you've done as, uh, since launching Na- Nailers Natter, and I won't say it with NS Nailers the Natters. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: great, and it's one of those urban myths. It's like become Nailers Natters, which I suppose it should be, shouldn't it? Really, it should be Nailers Natters because there's uh, nearly a hundred, a hundred of them now. Yeah, but when yeah. it, like I said, when it started, and we were, you know, thinking we we're going to bomb, and it was going to be an embarrassment, we thought we'd better just have one Nailers Natter just in case it sinks without trace. Uh, good question, Sam. That before I answer that, I have to say it's a much. It's become a team effort now. So we you know we were chatting before about the fact that you guys are trying to turn this around every week to get your get your episodes out, and you've know, got all the other stuff going on with obviously with teaching and everything else that you've got to do. I thought, well, it's really important that we've got you know sustainability of it and diversity of, of presenters and content because you know I'm very conscious of you know what my biases for, for whatever reason, whether it's because of the schools I've worked in or the environments I've worked in or whatever it is, there's certain things that I'm more likely to want to talk about because I've had experience of those, but actually widening it out and broadening it out to all the presenters that we've now got on the podcast has made it so much better. And I, I look forward to listening to the episodes that we get. So this week's is a good example, Sam, there that you said about, you know, the UK ambassador of happiness. I've tried to get Action Jackson on for a long, long time, but Emma Turner's been able to get one. And it was so much better with Emma because Emma's like a dynamo. I don't know how she does it all. You know, she writes books. She's the, you know, the CPD research lead across the trust. She's got three kids she's out running every single day but having all of those different people has really really diversified it made it much better for me to listen to and got different guests from different genres and hopefully try to span you know whatever uh, different camps there are across edu twitter hopefully we can get across those and try and take in angles from all sorts of people in terms of my favorites it's, it's just personal my favorite was jill berry because um jill berry did a book called making the leap which is from deputy to head but at that time I'd been I think I was getting to get uh, the Guinness world record for longest uh, time of being assistant head teacher I think I'd done 10 years of being an assistant head and I thought this is never ever going to happen that the next level is going to get that and I read Jill's book and it was just kind of that you know that eye-opening moment of ah right these are the kind of things I need to look at this is how I need to focus it this is where I need to be moving with and the conversation with Jill just really really helped me and you know you said before Matt about it being a successful podcast it's, it's successful in the sense of if one person gets one thing from it, then I am happy. And I'm sure the rest of the team would agree with that. We don't intend to get, you know, X number of listeners or, you know, so many downloads. It's about helping individual people on their path and their journey. And that episode massively helped me. Now, if that helped me, you know, how much could Jill's episode have helped other people in mean, a similar position at whatever kind of junction of their career they're at? You know, whether it's just like you guys just getting into teaching, whether it's somebody who's in the classroom and wants to become sort of middle leader, middle leader into senior leadership, whatever it might be, that episode on a personal level should really help me. Having the chance to talk yeah. to Jill Berry about this, you know, you could you could ring up your mum, couldn't you, and have a chat on the phone and say, <laughs> you know, mum, I'm thinking of applying for a deputy head. And she'd say, oh, that's very good. And, but speak, you got to speak to Jill Berry about that. You know, wow. it's just brilliant. So that episode really made a huge difference. And, you know, three or four weeks after that, I got an interview for the job that I'm now doing. And it's not a coincidence, is it, that I felt much more prepared to go and to go into that interview um, with Jill Berry's help. So that was one that, that I really enjoyed uh, in terms of all the ones that surprised me. Um, there's a lot of debate, isn't there, on behavior. You know, and you've got you've got they you like to present them as, as kind of opposing or different camps. So I've got I've got the kind of top ten episode download list lists here in front of me because I did it for Christmas. Um I didn't know there was a chart by the way. If I it would have been easier to go to a chart, wouldn't it? Oh, anyway.
0: Yeah. I'll i I'll tell you the chart, I'll see if you're in there
2: now. <laughs> no, don't because it'll ruin it because I won't be, will I now? Well, oh okay, yeah, probably not like, now. I've built you up. You
0: know. I've
2: built you up and I, you're not gonna be here. Be, no, we know not here. <laughs> Darren Leslie Darren Leslie with the top and I'll be at the bottom. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, the two episodes that really stuck me with the were, were kind of the two behaviour ones. So Paul Dix is when the adults change, everything changes. And Tom Bennett's running the room. Now, they're often pitched as kind of, you know, absolute opposites in terms of their approaches to behaviour. But when, uh, you know, that's if you listen to the kind of discourse on Twitter about either of their different approaches. But having had the privilege of speaking to both of them about that there was so much in common that they had about the kind of ways that they go about looking at behavior. And just remember thinking, you know, this is not as it's portrayed to be, or this person's not as they're painted out to be. It's a lot more nuanced, a lot more complicated than that. So they were really, really uh, good episodes. And just before you end that question, two more, that I got, well, three more that I got on. I got on. I know you guys necessarily seen his work, but Dublin Lamov, who's written Teach Like a Champion and Read and Reconsidered, and he's got another book out. He's been a big hero of mine because I, I did a lot of work with Teach First and their kind of roots into teaching has Dublin Lamov's Teach Like a Champion. as kind of their go-to text. So getting a chance to speak to him, you know, live from New York, on the uh, podcast was uh, brilliant and the last one was michael young professor michael young of powerful knowledge michael young who's kind of is that the, behind. One who does the
0: curriculum policy
2: he's done all the work on uh, yeah the powerful knowledge, so all the stuff that michael gove used in the new education reforms uh, are all young so you'll, you'll be you'll be, must be referencing in your work young Everything
0: yeah, is, is most young. yeah, most of it is like is, uh, is like curriculum, isn't it? Oh it is, when yeah. Talk, yeah. When he talk when he talks about like ideologies, curriculum ideology and things. Yeah. That's oh right. my god, he is he is the dream for me. He's where I <laughs> yeah. need to get on here, trust me. Because ah oh, that is me to a T. That is my passion in terms of education. That is where I want to be. But you've had him on.
2: We've had we've had him on, yeah. Now oh, I mean unfortunately oh god, unfortunately, no if I would have had Sam's setup. I'd have been much better, but this was in the early days and the, the technology, so bless him, I mean, he, he's not um, in the first flushes of youth, can we put it that way, yeah. because he's had, a, he's had a, a, a long career in this, so I called him on a Skype line to his landline in London at home, but it didn't work, so I had to fall into a Skype call to his mobile, and the, the reception is dreadful, Correct. so I had to yeah. rescue it, so you know when you listen to it back sometimes, you think, oh god, you know, I had the same thing with Alice and Peacocks, unfortunately that wasn't the best audio either. And I thought of all the episodes to not come through. So it took me about six months to put it back together. It was like, you know, reconstructing a Beatles track from John Lennon's demo. <laughs> it was sort of like that, trying to piece it all together and get it back together. But yeah, Michael Young with his, um, his future one and future two and his curriculum work. So I got a chance to speak to him Easy. about that. And
0: these are elite guests.
2: I- well, it, well, he was, and the, the best thing about it was I offered an opinion. Now, I don't often, if you've listened to the podcast, um, I don't offer too many opinions. I'm quite guarded and let the guests speak, because obviously that's the reason yeah. for being there. But I'd, I ventured an opinion with him, and there was, a, there was a, a sort of moment silence, and he just said, yeah, that's a really good point. He said, I really agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. I just felt like top of the top of the class. You know, at school, yeah. when you think the teachers <laughs> notice me, you know, I've got something right. I felt like oh, walking out of that, like absolutely nailed it michael young said i've made a good point yeah so they were they were definitely favorite episodes i find it interesting as well with some of the things that
1: you said at the beginning as well regarding how you've set up the the podcast with having like a team of you and how much easier it is i think obviously me and matt both agreed that having both of us working on this makes it so much easier and takes off like the workload i mean if if it was just me that this wouldn't be a be a podcast and and i'd like to think matt Matt thinks the same but but i'm not too sure
0: (laughs) i'd struggle i'd struggle with that yeah because you do the stuff that i don't like doing and i do the stuff that you don't like doing yeah
1: yeah (laughs) and then then just on, on the point that you said about um the opportunity of you having certain guests on to to talk to. I mean, for me and Matt, obviously we're, we're trainee teachers. I mean, some of the guests we've had on the podcast, I mean, we, we would have never, ever, ever spoken to any of these people and we've had the privilege to speak to them about their research, about their journey in education. And but like me, me and Matt, if anything, we're we're trying to like connect as many people as we can through our podcast. But every single time we record an episode, we're we're learning something new (laughs) and it's just, yeah, we just feel feel like it's a really good platform. And like you said, it's not just to our benefit, it's to everyone who, who listens to the podcast as well. It's a privilege, isn't it?
0: It's a privilege doing yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because like I say, look, here we are now chatting to you, Phil. Experienced teacher, um, you know, experienced educator, share the same passion, fellow podcaster, loves football, you know, all these all these things that that we could talk about and we've met through doing this. On this platform, you know, doing this this thing that we like to do, which is just chat, and it's just great. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think at the start we thought anything too much of it, but now we're just like, you, you are sort of just you're thankful for doing it. You know, I some I sometimes like sort of when you get nice email, random emails and random messages being like, "Oh, do you fancy like coming onto the podcast or or let's let's have a chat about this?" And suddenly, you're just like, well, this would never have happened if I what did you know wasn't doing this. i will just be you know, you do get you do get sort of. I guess not not like a one up, but you do get you know more opportunity. I would say to connect with people. I find I I think anyway, but maybe that's because me and Sam are just young to edgy Twitter and and all that sort of side of things. I don't know. You might say something different, but I think for me and Sam, we feel that we're just every time we get someone on when we get the opportunity to speak to someone, we're just grateful.
2: Yeah, but like I said at the beginning, you're doing a great job with it because, I mean, I, I listened to your podcast before I knew that I was going to come on and be a guest about it, and I tweeted about that, and it is something that I'm quite passionate about is getting to listen to different voices in education. And I love the fact that sometimes I'll throw a guest out there and, that, that I think is the go-to guest of a certain part of education because I am 40-plus um, in education. Is that, that, is I that think an
0: I, is that in age or is that looks
2: i think i think the looks thing i overplayed but what i used what i did like was that you know you can kind of go under the radar can't you you know okay occasionally at school some of the kids would go um have you got a podcast and i say what me I mean, why would i well, why would anybody listen to me and they'd, and they'd actually have that please look and look at me and think no it can't be it can't bother with it and we just kind of (laughs) carry on so that's why i kind of hide behind this you know um you know no no kind of pictures and also at conferences it was great because at the back of the the room and you know the person that's speaking i've interviewed them numerous times or whatever it'll be and i can just sneak in the room sneak out the room and nobody knows but back to what you're doing i mean this is what people need isn't it so if i'd have had your podcast when i was starting education think of the different directions that you're taking people in now So you're inspiring the next generation of teachers to find out more about, you know, all the different parts of education that you're interviewing and you're giving them away. Because they might not necessarily want to listen to someone who's been doing it for 21 years. It might be quite, you know, it's quite different to listen to someone who's seen as a more experienced teacher, whereas somebody who's just new to it and is, is energetic and enthusiastic about it and finding out all these things for the first time. It's great to hear your enthusiasm coming through the podcast. And the sound quality as well, Matt, it's, it's top notch. <laughs> you've got, you've, you've got music playing underneath you talking. I mean, that's just, that's um, the next should, level. I'll tell you
0: what, honestly, my level of technical ability on the computer from where it was at start to now is just a game changer. Audacity, I've, I've completed it. I've
1: completed Part-time <laughs> teacher, part-time DJ on a weekend. That's what
0: Matt <laughs> is.
2: Don't make me get the decks out. I'll have to get them out. Um, what you should do get onto Soundstripe. by the way have you heard of this so this is where you can get music so music from sort of if it, i hesitate to say like digital entrepreneurs i mean that's probably not the right phrase because i'm elderly and we talking <laughs> with words like that but it's people sort of new and upcoming artists that put their music out there and if you pay a subscription to them you can have the right to that particular piece of music to be used on your podcast so some of the music that you'll hear on our podcast underneath is actually new and bespoke music that we have paid for the license for, so we get around everything that you're talking about at the, at the beginning. Trying to, you know, pay me and, 250 quid to somebody in America for a, a rocked-up <laughs> jingle.
0: When me and Sam are employed, then we'll start looking at paying out some money, all right? But until then, we'll be we'll be going down the free route. I need to be paying for my pet. I need to be paying for my petrol to get to school. <laughs> so
2: anyone who's listening, surely there's some sponsorship available for your podcast that can assist yeah. with, uh, with with this so I think I'm sure that that'll happen. Well, I'm glad you plugged it.
0: Yeah. Just listen listen to Phil. He knows what he's talking about, guys. Anyone that's listening (laughs) has got a bit of money behind and fancies, you know, back into young, enthusiastic teachers and get in touch with us. (laughs) Um, For you, Phil, you know, you mentioned how you've sort of diversified the podcast. Um, Where do you see it going, you know, from here now? You know, where do you see it developing to?
2: Well, it's kind of that time of the year when everyone starts thinking about, right, what are we going to do in 2021? What's going to be the next thing that we're going to do? And we always are trying to innovate and do things slightly differently because we don't just want to keep producing the same format podcast every single week all the way through. So we're looking at um, (laughs) quite scarily whether we can do a live version of the podcast. So this is our next thing. So I've kind of looked into it with Twitter that you can go on and do. Now, we've got to be careful because we need to have guests on that we know are not going to go a bit rogue. And some of my my guests in the past, um, I've had to tick the explicit button on Anchor um, for a few that have come out with a few. Uh, interesting phrases. These are usually people that are working as consultants now and not uh, teachers in the classroom. So they've got a bit more freedom to voice their opinions. So perhaps we don't want that, but a thought of a live introduction podcast to the person that's coming on. So, you know, we're trying to, like I said, diversify the, the guests that are coming on and they tend to be talking about books or projects or research papers, whatever it is. But it's quite nice to find out a bit more about them. You know, like you did when you, you called me last week and said, well, let's have a little bit of a chat about what kind of things we might talk about. I thought well, we could do that live and it might kind of open it up to a little bit of a new you know, section of of twitter or wherever it is where people haven't heard of the person that's going on particular find out a bit more and actually actively choose because we're, we're kind of building up now quite a big cpd resource you know we're, we're nearly on a hundred we're on nearly a hundred episodes now so we're on episode 97 episodes. this week Oof. That, is a now, lot. that is a lot yeah so we're, we're two years in and a hundred episodes so it's quite a good resource for people to kind of select and pick from. So it's kind of thinking about, right, you know, rather than being a, you know, it's great if people want to listen to it every week, but people could say, well, there's a live, or well, there's someone coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm actively going to choose to listen to that one. So that's what we're going to look at, maybe doing a live version. And also we're looking to become involved in, um, there's a new project that Paul Dix is doing. I think if you've seen this on Twitter, so he's put out there about a new radio station uh, called Teacher Hug Radio. I don't know if you've seen that. No, not at all. So oh, perhaps have a little look, at, have a little yeah. look at that and yeah. whether or not, uh, you know, you you might be able to get involved in, you know, two you know, new voices in terms of education. And Paul, if you get a chance to speak to Paul, tr- do try and speak to Paul. Paul is brilliant, really great guy, speaks really well about, you know, really passionate about what kind of work he's doing. But I thought that was a great idea. I was kind of gutted I didn't think of that first, you know, teacher know. radio station. That
0: is a great a really idea, idea, isn't it? That's such a good yeah. idea. Paul Dix. Well, well played. If you're listening, Paul. Bravo, bravo! So have a little look yeah, at that. That's, that's,
2: that's, that's, that's teacher hug radio.
0: Yeah, that's just that's that is someone that's ahead of the game, isn't it? When you're just plucking ideas out, you're just like, oh, why have I not come up with that idea?
1: So oh, good. I, I'm just is he is he a teacher then? Is he in school like just on the radio, just doing a live radio, and and the kids are coming into the classroom? Is that is that what's going to happen?
2: It's. I don't. I, he was a. He has been a teacher, obviously, but I think he's become so successful with his books, and he's got a new book coming out as well. Perhaps I could work as his agent, by the way. I, I? sideline yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> sideline side bit of business there, um, but he's got another book coming out, I believe. So I'm going to speak to him hopefully about that in the next uh, few weeks and months. But yeah, i just when I saw that, and, and he is actually advertising for. Uh, people who want to get involved as, as kind of presenters and, and hosts and putting uh, programs forward. So whether you, know, you, 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 could, you could get on this guys, get on this.
0: We're gonna, we are going to have to, you can be our agent as well, if you want, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know
2: where I can get you a good jingle, Matt, if you
0: want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 trust me, I've heard, I've heard 250 quid on there. <laughs> um, oh, sounds brilliant. And in terms of your career as as a deputy head right now, do you see yourself taking, you know, one more step up maybe to the head teacher role or do you see yourself maybe going down a a different route, maybe a more research-based route?
2: Um, Well, obviously I went down the research-based route and I kind of got itchy feet to go back into being, you know, working in schools every day. I I kind of missed that camaraderie of working as part of a team and, you know, being as part... you know, a passion is the pastoral side of school. I mean, I do like the teaching and learning stuff and we talked about that earlier in the podcast and I've done the research and evidence around teaching and learning, but you, you can't beat working with the kind of pastoral team. And it's it, one day is never the same as the next day, particularly at the moment with everything that's going on, but just working within that team. Um, I wrote down always the bridesmaid, never the bride, but I, didn't, I don't know whether that sounds like the wrong phrase to say. Um, I don't see myself at all being a head teacher. I don't think I've got... Um, the kind of the, the kind of charisma to be the front man it's a difficult job to be a head teacher and lead a school you know I kind of like uh, yeah. I've got lots of ideas I like to work with a team I like to try and put those ideas into practice but I'm, I'm still very much learning at being a, a deputy head I'm only well exactly pretty much to the day now I suppose a year into doing this so you know I've got a lot to learn doing this before I even think about doing anything else so no I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and, and learning on, on the job.
1: And it's interesting there that we've spoken about your um, future ambitions, potentially, or uh, where where you are currently. And obviously, we're training teachers, and we're obviously in prim- primary school. And this is going uh, back a few years for you. But what were the challenges that you faced, and how did you overcome them in your early years to become where you are now, essentially? And do you feel like when, as deputy, when you see training teachers coming in, even at secondary school level? Do you think the challenges
2: have changed from when from when you started out? I was going to tie this in, uh, Sam, with the kind of you're going to give me a question about advice, maybe for for trainee teachers. And, you know, for years I was in charge of I was a professional mentor uh, for trainee teachers, which is a really good job to have really, really good job to have because it keeps And it sounds like a selfish way to look around it. Obviously, you're helping teachers to, to kind of grow in that, but it also helps to keep you sharp. So, you know, in terms of me being in the classroom and having, you know, people like you coming into the classroom, bringing loads of new ideas, loads of new energy into the, it kind of rubbed off on me. And I was trying things in the classroom that I wouldn't necessarily have tried before working with the next generation. So... Um, in terms of challenges, I kind of outlined those a little bit earlier on, didn't I, with the subject knowledge um, side of things and, and the other stuff. But in terms of advice for, for trainee teachers, <laughs> do, do you remember? I mean, obviously this is going back some years for you too, so you might not remember this, but there was a, a song a long time ago called Sunscreen by Basil Lerman, which is a very, very old song. I can see Sam racking his brains thinking, No, my dad might have to his <laughs> record collection somewhere. Sunscreen,
0: now, even I'm struggling with that one. And I've got yeah. a few things on Sam. Right.
2: Well <laughs> it was it was a narrated so i was in the 90s which was um a high school professor's speech to the leavers of that particular year and it was giving him loads of advice and one of the bits at the end um said and the bit at the end said be careful whose advice you buy but be patient with those who supply it advice is a form of nostalgia dispensing it as a way of fishing the past from the disposal wiping it off painting over the ugly parts and recycling it for more than it's worth so I guess the kind of the advice for training teachers is do, you know, you're not going to listen to people like me necessarily dispensing our nuggets of wisdom from 21 years of doing this. Um, but when we are doing that and giving you advice, you know, be patient because there might be something in there. And I'll give you an example of this. So when I started, as I said, you know, sort of turning the millennium time, you know, 2000, and <laughs> this was the height of the progressive uh, form of education, not knocking that necessarily. I was an advanced skills teacher and, and hugely progressive at the time. So you would be finding me, you know, conducting a knowledge hunt with our thinking hats on and, um, you know, having to go at brain gym um, and each corner of the class learning something different in their own unique learning style. When we kind of looked down the corridor and saw a teacher let's call him michael um because that was his name um it was teaching you know down the corridor teaching geography with um you know his subject knowledge he was using textbooks he was doing recap knowledge quizzes of things that they'd learnt last week he was setting homework and marking it regularly he had high standards of behavior and was expecting everyone to do exactly what he asked them to do and he was hugely popular with the students the students really liked it and we just looked at him and he used to give us advice and say you know it'll all come round again this you know you know i've seen this come i've seen this go it'll all come round again and we and he was probably younger than i am now And we just remember looking at him thinking yeah right mate yeah okay you know not a chance so guess. Yes, the bit of advice Sam meandering around to it is, yeah, you're going to get a lot of advice, and, and some of it will be great, and some of it may not be great. But you never know what's kind of within that advice, so you know, be careful about advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Would be my uh, my bit of advice, wise
0: if words. anyone wants it. Decent, yeah. Wise words, wise words. That's, yeah, why, yeah, that's yeah. why that's why we, that's why we get people like you on here to give wise words that me and Sam can't give yet. <laughs> our advice is <laughs> our advice is limited. Basically, our yeah. advice is don't do what we normally do and you'll be all right. That's kind of the yeah. yeah. Just avoid what we do and you should be south. Uh, as you touched on earlier, book exclusive, Phil Naylor, hit us with it. Let's go. What's coming up?
2: Right. Well, <laughs> so, well, after saying we've got 96, nearly 100 episodes in the can and, and yeah, having opportunities to speak to people like yourselves about this, I started thinking we've got a resource there that's kind of you know been used as people have listened to the podcast for the first time and then it's kind of sitting there in an archive on Apple Podcasts and we've spoken to a lot of people on different areas we've spoken about CPE, we've spoken about leadership, we've spoken about behaviour, we've spoken about curriculum and we've spoken to, to what would be seen to be quite influential people within those areas mm-hmm. and I started listening back to a few different episodes to do some blogs and bits of writing and I just thought they've said things that they wouldn't necessarily have said in the book because they may have had to be more guarded within the book or they may have had to, you know, not be able to put it into a context in the book, whatever that might be. And I've got nuggets of discussions with prominent people in all these areas going back two years on there. What if we kind of got the collective wisdom of the profession over the last couple of years and put that together? As a kind of, you know, with hopefully some of my experience and the team's experience, and put that into the kind of the best, you know, the, Ma- the Matthew Arnold quote, which I'm sure you get on PGCs, you know, the best that has been thought and said. Well, in this case, it's just the best that's been said, and <laughs> kind of put it put it all together as a kind of reference guide to different areas, but also a hugely practical and usable book that you could pick up, whether it's on a, you know, a PGC like you guys are doing, and look at, you know, the, the best things that have been said about CPD. The best things that have been said about behavior the best things that have been said about you know curriculum whatever it might be and kind of pull that together so i'm not in a position to say who it's going to be out with because the contract i believe is winging its way um by the good old royal mail uh, after the new year but we have had confirmation that it, that it will be going ahead um and and if you if if knew who it was with that they, they don't say things and then don't do them so it, it will be happening but yeah you can have the exclusives that i've got to try and turn it around before uh, well, September, October next year and try and get that out. So it's going to be, I wanted to call it something else, but they, they insisted. They said, they said, and I, and, I, and I kind of laughed, they said, you've got an existing brand. I never thought anyone would say that, that we were a brand. So oh, it's, going to be called, it's just going to be called Nailers Matter. It's just going to be called that. Oh, brilliant. sounds
1: brilliant. Absol- wow. Yeah, yeah. First sounds all, very exciting. First of all,
0: congratulations. I mean, well-deserved, like I say, well-deserved and, uh, you know, it's certainly something that I think we we understand having even even though we've had only had a short period and we've already had you know ten twelve guests whatever on that we've had like you say the the stuff that they say to us on here compared to maybe what's in their written work or what's on their online profile or portal as it were is is slightly different you know, you do get that that personal um, aspect to speaking, speaking to people on the podcast compared to maybe. The professional side of them and and from that you pick up some such you know precious advice and information from them and I think that that book that you've talked about there will be well obviously we'll get the exclusive on it which we have done but it will be a great read regardless even if you you know you're not you're not interested in that sort of thing it will be a great read because it will be so helpful especially in education.
2: Yeah, hopefully. And like I said, the, the different people at different stages of their career can kind of dip into that. So it's not something you have to read all the way through It's bit you can dip in. So if you want to know the best that has been said about behaviour, you know, rather than having what's one person's perspective on how they would approach behaviour, because, I mean, same with you, you know, you've done a placement, you to do another placement, you'll see very different aspects of, of different schools. You know, I've worked in, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, I've worked in a high performing, high achieving 11 to 16 single sex, all girls Roman Catholic school in 2000. And now I work in a school that's got close to 80 percent people premium in the heart of blackpool there are different challenges there are different you know roles within those schools to say that you know you can approach the, that the behavior the same in every single school that you're working you can't you need to be able to look across what is going to work in the particular context in which you're working so to kind of get a chapter on behavior that will talk about what what tom bennett says what paul dick says what sam strickland says you know what dfe guidance on best practice for behavior says what people like you know going back in a long time so people like lee Cantor's assertive discipline which again and i'm sorry i'm told loads of old references here that's a book from like the 80s you know what does that say about the best for, for behavior so trying to pull all that together and then be able to be quite practical and quite accessible that you can go and read a couple of chapters or read a couple of sections about that and try and use that in your classroom. That That's the idea. Now he says this, he's got these grand ideas. I haven't written it yet. You know, I'm doing, an, I'm doing an hour a night of listening back to the podcast and trying to annotate it because as you said, you know, it's all right for people who are the professional authors and will have transcription services and people to, uh, you know, Give them that information. I've got to sit sit here and go back over it while trying to get the kids to be quiet for an hour playing on Roblox or whatever it is. Or uh, Among Us, I believe, is the new game.
0: Mathletics or something like that. I know where it is. Or something Legends. Is it Math Legends? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I love that. All of that. All of that. (laughs)
1: unfortunately Phil you've said it now and this episode will be going out in a bit about a week's time so you've got about a week to, to get yourself together and yeah start start pulling it together you can't can't go back on it now you've said that we've got the exclusive
2: well this is it you, you have got the exclusive and, it, and it, like I said it, it is happening and well you know it, it's going to come through it's going to come through in the next week so and even if it doesn't I'm still going to write it. I've got a photocopy it myself I could be that person from <laughs> the corridor you know you're waiting for your worksheets for lesson two and I'm photocopying a book well, <laughs> I don't blame you. Um,
0: it's funny, actually, because Rachel Lovehouse said when she came on, she had this idea about creating a work. Yeah. and she was like, she was like, well, actually, thinking about it, now I've actually said it out loud, we're going to have to actually do it now. <laughs> she was like, I'm kind of regretting that I've actually said this out loud now, because now I'm actually going to have to follow this idea through for a change. <laughs>
2: Well, I heard that, and that would be a hugely popular book, wouldn't it? That would yes. be great if, if, if she gets brilliant. that in. So, you know, that would be really, really good. So, th- there's a seconded. So, it's been, it's been, it's been proposed and now been seconded. So, yeah. it has to happen. Yeah, she was brilliant. What a brilliant guest, and like yourself,
0: what a brilliant guest. Um, and you know, for anyone, I would say we normally have a CPD section, but you've you've rattled off about four or five books from this which we'll go back and sift through and I'll get them on the uh, CPD page for on Instagram and Twitter after the episode. But um, for myself, if anyone wants to follow Phil's journey, go forward or catch the podcast, like I say, at PNA 1977 on Twitter. Um, And obviously Naila's Natter, the brand uh, on Apple and Spotify podcasts. I like say if you want to get in touch with us at the Teachers of tomorrow or tea pod instagram and twitter we're always available. Um but you know from my my perspective Phil it's been an absolute pleasure to connect with you first of all and get you on onto our podcast. It's been a it's a real privilege to to speak to you and, and connect with you and you know just just a top bloke really mate. So you know from from my from my end it's been great to chat to you and and thanks for taking the time to come on.
1: Yeah same yeah. as Matt re- really appreciate the time that you've given to us and it's just really good to actually connect with another podcast and share your ideas and experiences and the episodes that you've done. And also your journey within education, which is yeah, really fascinating. So yeah, really appreciate your time. So so thank you.
2: No, no problem, Matt. And thank you, Sam. And of course, one good turn deserves another. So now that um, obviously we've mentioned that we're going to go forward with a live podcast, there's nobody better, is there, than you two to come on and, and be guests on the the Nail Is Not Alive, and you'll be able to be across all the social media channels, won't you? You'll be able to look at the messages coming in. You'll be able to do all that. So I'm definitely, if you'll accept, going to ask you to come on and do a live version uh, with us and then back that up with a a, a full interview as well, because I'd love to hear your kind of perspectives on podcasting from from your side of the the mic as well.
0: Well, I don't know if it's getting on here, Phil. You're making me blush, but I'll tell you what, I'll be accepting all of them offers. Um, absolutely delighted like yeah. yeah. It's uh, that'd be a pleasure. And I'm assuming you're gonna to have to get the camera out, so that'd be even better. I look forward to, to seeing your face. Well no. Well no, because oh, here <laughs> oh, here we here here we
2: you when you know, it's great to be recognized and to be out there and all those kind of things, but it's also quite good, like I said, when you're deputy head of a secondary school to I'm be quite uh, quite under the radar. Uh, In terms of of social media and things like that. So, apparently, on, on Twitter, you can do a live broadcast, but just an audio. Oh, okay. So, so I think that'll be quite good. Which will mean as well that we can we can respond live, can't we, to uh, any comments that, yeah. that that come up? I thought that's quite a nice thing about it. I think mean, maybe maybe you guys are better positioned to do this than me. Whether you, you know you try a live episode because you'll you'll be good on all the the social media feeds and the questions that will come up. I thought it'd be quite a nice way of, of kind of interacting live with the audience because you know after all your episodes now you you're very slick presenters, aren't you? You don't there's no traps for the for the live version, is there? and perhaps wow. that, that interactive uh, side of it is quite a good way we're moving forward I would have thought a little little taster to each week's episode with a live version this could be well, the future
0: if you need us to trial run it we're, we're ready for you Phil. we're ready for you whenever you need it mate um, but yeah Phil like I say thanks again for coming on uh, listeners I hope you've enjoyed the, the conversation today I know really, we really have and um, yeah have a great evening Phil and uh, take care mate to get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at theteachersoftomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at tftpod.